Welcome to Reframe the Game. My name is Kent Games. I'm an athletic trainer, educator, and lover of breakthroughs. In this perspective shifting podcast, we bring you the mindset, the motivation, and the methods to help you develop as a conscious healthcare provider. Thank you for spending some time with me today. Now let's dive in. MedBridge provides evidence based courses, unlimited CEUs, a home exercise program featuring over 6,000 exercises, and much more. Use promo code THEADVANTAGE, that is T-H-E-A-T-V-A-N-T-A-G-E, to get an annual MedBridge subscription for as low as $200. Welcome back to Reframe the Game. Today's episode is about something we have all faced as athletic trainers. I'm talking about adversity. We are going to talk about adversity and how we can manage adversity and work through adversity in a conscious way that avoids the blame, shame, and guilt, which is sometimes associated with adversity, especially when that adversity creates a less than ideal outcome. The first reframe that I think we have to make about adversity is that adversity isn't always bad. And that adversity has real benefits to us as humans. And it has real benefits, and it can have real benefits to us as athletic trainers. Adversity can help us develop perseverance and resilience. Perseverance is essentially the ability to endure, which is a really important quality and skill to develop and an ability to develop in any profession, and in life in general, to endure the difficult times and to endure the difficulties. But I think a more powerful skill that adversity develops is that's the skill of resilience. And resilience is the process of adapting well in the face of adversity, trauma, tragedy, threats, or any other significant source of stress. I love resilience because resilience is adaptation. And as much as resilience involves bouncing back from difficult experiences like adversity, it also can be an engine for profound personal growth. And while adversity can certainly be painful and difficult, it doesn't have to determine the outcome of our life. There are many aspects of our life that we can control modify, and grow with. And that's the role of resilience. Becoming more resilient not only helps you get through the difficult circumstances of life or the difficult circumstances in our professional life, it also empowers us to grow and even improve in our lives along the way. And today we're going to talk about cultivating resilience as a way to grow from or really to grow through adversity. And so if we look at adversity itself and how people have defined adversity, adversity is any sort of challenge or difficulty which occurs in our life. And adversity can happen over the course of a moment. Adversity can happen over the course of a day, a week, a year, several years. It can be a period of your life which is filled with adversity, and it feels like one big adverse event. Oftentimes, when we face adversity, 
we have a negative response to that, to that stimulus, to that adverse event, or to that adverse series of events. And especially if the adversity we're facing created a poor outcome for ourselves or for the patients we care for or for our athletic training facility. And in these cases, we often get frustrated. We blame ourselves or we blame other people for the subsequent poor outcome. That's kind of a natural response is to get frustrated and to feel overwhelmed. And it's a pretty regular response to blame ourselves or to blame others because we see adversity as a potential threat to our physical safety, when in reality, it's more likely a threat to our ego. And when we have that poor outcome that's associated with an adverse event, it really opens up the opportunity for us to move down and move into this cycle of blame, shame, and guilt. As an athletic trainer, we face and we encounter adversity on a daily basis. And adversity in athletic training and in our lives can range from anything from like a lack of resources to a lack of compliance or adherence to some of our recommendations or to high patient volumes in the clinic or to interpersonal conflict with uh, those people we work with on a daily basis or those people who are collaborating in the care of the patients we work with. But as professionals, we are expected to handle adversity with poise. And many athletic trainers do handle it with poise. Not only poise, but poise and grace in the moment, especially in the moment. Let's spend a minute here because I think that's one of the things that athletic trainers can pride themselves on is our ability to be agile and handle adversity in the moment. We are really good at that. If someone asked me what is one of the personal professional characteristics that make a good athletic trainer or an athletic trainer who can be successful or what is something that athletic training develops that also serves the individual in their personal life. I think it's the ability to manage adversity with poise and grace in the moment. One area where we may not do as well, and that is growing and handling the residual effects of the adversity and the conflict that's created when we don't manage the residual or the after effects of handling an adverse event or an adverse moment or adversity in the moment. Right. And I think we have a particular challenge as professionals in terms of taking care of ourselves and engaging in self care and engaging in practices that will sustain ourselves and sustain our own professional career in athletic training. And I think that's why this really ties back and is important for all of us as athletic trainers, not just those who are listening right now. I think adversity and being able to grow through adversity and grow through adversity is absolutely critical for each and every one of our long-term individual professional trajectories, but also collectively our profession's sustainability. Because as we talked about earlier, athletic training is filled with adversity and we have to learn strategies to engage effectively in self-care after adverse events or after difficult situations or after just stressful situations. We have to learn mechanisms to do that. And when I talk about self-care, self-care is about recovery, not distraction. 
oftentimes when we have this conversation about self-care, rest, recovery, play, many times I've encountered people, not just athletic trainers, but people say, I just need to escape. I just need to go watch Netflix for, I just need to binge watch Netflix or binge watch Disney Plus or binge watch any of the other streaming services, or I just need to remove myself from the situation, or I just need to dive into social media. Like being on Twitter makes me feel better, or being on Facebook or Instagram or any other social media makes me feel better. So that's what I'm going to do. And I can appreciate it feels better. It feels really good to go binge watch my favorite show for hours on end. It feels really good. And it feels really good sometimes to kind of just scroll through social media mindlessly. But my perspective is that binging Netflix, binging streaming services, mindlessly scrolling through social media, those are not mechanisms for self-care. Those are mechanisms for distraction and numbing of the adversity and the pain and the challenge and the difficulty that we face in our careers as healthcare providers. It does make us feel better because we don't have to handle and we don't have to work through the difficult situations or the emotional exhaustion, which is a form of adversity that we faced at work. We can simply retreat and turn our minds off. Again, it feels good, but it's not a form of self-care because we're not actually recovering. We are simply distracting ourselves from the work that has to be done. And so what that means is when we go back the next day, we haven't, or the next week or whenever that is, we haven't effectively handled the situation and learned from it. We've just pushed it off. And then we have another emotionally exhausting day. We have another adversity-filled day. And what do we do? Our response is to numb or distract ourselves from the feelings of discomfort which come from our job. And that's okay that sometimes our job and our career creates discomfort. We have a hard job. We have a hard career. It can be difficult at times. It also can be amazing at times. And it's okay that it's difficult. We just need to learn strategies, not only to learn, we need to learn and engage in strategies that move us forward so we can grow through and grow from our adversity and the stressful events that we face as athletic trainers. And as I mentioned, we're really skilled at handling adverse situations in the moment and finding a solution to navigate the difficulty. Our ability to do this is a point of professional pride. Our agility in difficult situations and our ability to improvise in the moment is something to be proud of. We have developed all sorts of strategies. We have you know, emergency action plans. We have our emergency kits. We prep the sidelines. We organize our athletic training facilities. We go through CPR training. We go through AED training. All of these are ways that we prepare to handle an adverse event in the moment quickly. But there's a gap that exists in how do we engage in self-care and reflective practice after we face any sort of adversity. And again, when I talk about adversity, I'm not talking about just you know some adverse event that was a poor outcome. Adversity can also be just this general feeling of what we face every day as an athletic trainer, being emotionally invested and leaving work 
after a long weekend emotionally drained. Or maybe it's even physically drained. And then having to know that the next morning we have to go back and do the same thing. That's adversity. While we prepare and we practice how to handle adverse events in the moment in our practice, like if someone needs uh, to be spine boarded, or if there's a sudden cardiac arrest, we handle those, we practice those, we have the tools available if we need to utilize them. We aren't preparing and we aren't practicing the self-care and the reflective practice that occurs from the adversity that we face on a daily basis. From a professional sustainability perspective, learning these strategies to recover and to engage in self-care and to learn through adversity will complement. I think that it's not a replacement. It certainly cannot replace our practice of handling adversity in the moment. It can't replace the practice and the preparedness of handling emergency situations in the moment. That's our job, right? Like that's part of what we do as athletic trainers. What I'm saying is that our ability to do this, to to learn strategies and to implement strategies to recover and learn through adverse events and the adversity that we face in our lives will complement the current skill set we have as athletic trainers. We're going to be able to become more complete healthcare providers, more complete athletic trainers who, you know, are able to complete the cycle of handling and being agile during an adverse moment and then also learning and growing from that adverse moment so next time we become more resilient. Athletic trainers are great at persevering. We're great at enduring, but we rarely close the gap and close the loop to move from endurance to perseverance. Endurance is the ability to show up day in and day out and handle the stress. We are good at that. Resilience is closing that loop, learning and adapting from that stress and from that adversity so we can do better next time. And that's where reflection and reflective practice and self-care really come in to complete that loop. So let's break it down here for a second. Following an adverse event or following adversity, we have to have strategies to learn and approach ourselves and the situation with curiosity and with wonder in order to thrive professionally. We have, and we certainly will continue to survive if we simply endure. If we simply have perseverance, we will continue to endure, we will continue to survive, we will continue to exist. But in order to thrive as a professional, we have to equip ourselves with the knowledge, with the application, and with the skills, with the mindset, with the motivation, with the activities to become and to adapt so we can be resilient. And so we can grow and be better for the next time we face the daily adversity we face as an athletic trainer. A framework that I've developed over the years for me, and I've shared it with some of those individuals who I've interacted with, I've shared it in speaking engagements, and I've shared it with some of our post-professional doctor of athletic training students. And I've summarized that into what I call the four R's. And that's reflect, reframe, regroup, and re-engage. And each of these steps, each of these R's can help us learn about ourselves while also taking care of ourselves. So it's, it's a dual practice of self-care and 
reflective practice and growth and resilience development. And it works through what I'll call meaningful awareness. And it helps us become aware of our own internal workings and how we handle adversity, as well as become aware of our external environment and how that influences us as human beings. So I'd like to spend the next couple minutes going through each of the four R's. And again, this is really the strategy or it's a strategy that we can use to move from perseverance to resilience following an adverse event or adversity or a stressful day in athletic training or a stressful moment in our career or even a stressful moment in our life. So the first R, reflection. And it's simply the act of writing down the adversity as you remember it. So it's getting out on a sheet of paper what the adversity was, what your day was like, the difficulty, the emotional exhaustion that you're feeling. And it's important to write it down. Don't just think about it. Get it down. Move it from your brain and move it onto the sheet of paper. Really try to invest in a journal or just use some printer paper, collect these sheets of paper with you and write this down. You know, good old fashioned pen to paper, pencil to paper is really the best tool here. There's some evidence that says our brain processes information differently when we write it down versus when we type it, and certainly processes information down from when we think it to actually move our thoughts into action in terms of writing it down. So when you write down the event or the adversity that you're facing, how you remember it, think about what was happening before. So before the adversity happened, or maybe if it was a whole day that was just hard, what were you doing before? What were you doing on your way to work? Think about how you responded, right? How did you respond to the difficulty that you were facing? How did the people around you respond? It may have been other healthcare providers. It may have been patients. It may have been coaches, administrators, physicians, other healthcare providers, right? How did the other people in the environment respond? How did they influence the adversity? Did they make it easier? Did they make it more difficult? During the day or during this adverse moment or this event, how did you feel? What were the internal feelings? Whether or not you acted on those feelings is inconsequential. What did you feel in that moment? What did you feel throughout the day? What did you feel? Like that's, and try to be as descriptive as possible when talking about what you felt. What did you say, right? Like, what did you say throughout the day? What was your internal dialogue? Right? We, obviously, you probably had an external dialogue throughout the day with other people. But what was your internal dialogue during the day as you were moving through this adversity or in the moment when you were handling this adverse event? The more detail you can have in this, the better. Right? The, the, more, the more robust you can reflect on this situation, the better we can use your perception of the event and your recollection of the event or of the day or of the difficult moment or of the difficult week or of your difficult career, the more we can unpack and analyze the situation so we can grow. Now, this is important here. When you finish this section, so when you finish reflection, 
regardless of how you put or what you put on how you were feeling or how you were talking about yourself during the day or during the adverse moment or the adverse event, write a small note somewhere. It can be on a sticky pad. It can be at the end of this section, but write a small note to yourself about how you're feeling and really work to stick to feelings. You're feeling angry, you're feeling lonely, you're feeling sad, you're feeling joyful, you're feeling frustrated, you're feeling creative, you're feeling energetic. Try to stick to feelings as opposed to thoughts. And this this is really just one, two, or three-word answer. Like, I feel sad, I feel lonely, I feel frustrated, I feel joyful, I feel creative. Whatever that may be, keep it to a simple statement about how you're feeling right now after completing the reflection section. So the second R is reframe. And this is the shift step. This is the step in the process where you're going to shift and reframe your perspective on the situation. So after you've written down your recollection of the event or the day as you remember it, go back to your writing and read each section, read each response to the questions. And then as you read each response, ask yourself the following question for each of the section. Is this the absolute truth? And can I prove this is the absolute truth and the only interpretation of the event? So look at your writing and you're reflecting about how your day or how the event or how this adverse situation unfolded. Ask yourself the question, is this the absolute truth? And can I prove that this is the absolute truth and the only interpretation of this event? When you look at your writing and you're looking for the sentences about how you were feeling, ask yourself the question, why did I feel this way? And in that space, when you're answering this question, explore if you can find any patterns in your responses that could help you see why the event was perceived as adversity for you and why it was defined as adversity for you. Is there a pattern in your life or is there a pattern from your past or is there a pattern in the way you showed up today which created the the mental formation in your mind that this event, which by nature is neither adverse or not adverse, that you categorized it as adversity. Simply ask yourself those two questions for the work that you did in the reflection section. At the end of the reframe section of the activity or of the framework, ask yourself this question and write down the answer. What can I learn from the adversity I'm facing? Or what can I learn from the adversity that I faced? This is the reframe. We are reframing and we're shifting away from the actual outcome and the cause of the adversity, and we are shifting to how we can grow from it. The third R in this framework is regrouping. I guess the third R is technically regroup, but regrouping is all about gathering yourself and creating a plan. So at the end of the reframe part of the framework, you ask yourself, what could you learn from this adversity? And now after you've reflected, 
and you've reframed the adversity from an outcome or an event to an opportunity to grow, hopefully you have come up with one thing you can learn from this experience, from this adversity, right? That was the last question in the reframe section. So hopefully you have one thing that you can learn. And regrouping and the regrouping part of this framework is all about creating a plan for improvement. Like what was missing from your approach, your mindset, your belief system that could benefit you the next time you face this adversity in your life? So you're asking yourself, how can I adapt, right? We think about the definition of resilience and resilience is about adaptation. Here, you're asking yourself, how can you adapt? So this is the conscious process of adaptation, of choosing your adaptation, of choosing how you're going to level up yourself, how you're going to take care of yourself so you can handle it better the next time. Now, there's an important note here in terms of when I use the word missing. You know, when you ask yourself and you create this game plan for, you know, like what was missing from your approach or your mindset or your belief system that you could benefit from by adapting? When I say what's missing, I'm not saying what's lacking, right? Because you're enough right now. You're enough as an athletic trainer. You're enough as a human. So there was nothing missing from you because you made it through. As hard as the event was, as hard as the day is, as emotionally exhausted as you are right now, you made it through. So you are enough. Nothing's lacking from your life. But rather, what's missing to make the situation better? So we're talking about how we can add and how we can adapt, not how we can fill a hole which exists within us. We're talking about how we can grow from this. And after you've identified what is missing from your approach, create an action plan, right? Create two to four actionable steps that you can do to grow from and adapt from what's missing, from what was missing from your approach when you face this adversity before. And this is the process of self-care. Maybe it's setting boundaries. Maybe that's an action that you can take if you know it's going to be emotionally exhausting, you are setting boundaries on that emotional exhaustion. Maybe it's being better prepared. Maybe it's fine-tuning your approach. Maybe it's focusing on your communication. All of these things are actionable steps for you, for you to grow and for you to enact change on your environment, for you to be better prepared and adapt and be ready for the challenge you face in the future. And the last R is re-engage. And this perhaps is the most important step. We will, without question, experience adversity in our life and adversity in our professional life. And we must take what we've learned and the steps for improvement that we've outlined and actually apply them through re-engagement. We can't just create a plan. We have to execute the plan. We have to apply what we think will help us adapt in order to adapt. We can't just say, here are the things I need to do and then never execute on them. We have to grow through action. When we have our steps for improvements, 
We have the steps to adapt. We have to apply them by re-engaging. And we have to re-engage by taking risks because taking risks requires us and, and really applying these steps for improvements and applying growth and adaptation and self-care, it requires us to take a risk because we have to, one, maybe put ourselves in that situation again, but I would say that we are going to face adversity regardless of if we choose to or not. So it's better to have a heads up and say, we're going to face adversity, might as well be prepared. But it also requires the risk that you listen to yourself and that you trust yourself and that you don't run away or distract or numb yourself from the feelings of uneasiness that comes when you try something new. It also will most likely require some humility and some failure and some figuring out what doesn't work before you figure out what does work because we're not going to get it perfect the first time. And that's totally okay. I don't think there's any expectation from anyone in the world except for ourselves that we need to get it right the first time. There probably is some expectation that, you know, if you don't get it right the first time, you take steps to improve and grow. But I don't believe that anyone has expectations of us except for ourselves to be perfect. I am as guilty as anyone in terms of expecting more from myself than I expect from other people. I do believe that if you want to be in a leadership position or if you want to lead through your actions that you should expect more from yourself than you do of others, but that doesn't mean that you should expect perfection from yourself. I think there's the key difference. As athletic trainers, we are oftentimes the leaders of the healthcare system, at least the spoke of the healthcare system as it relates to the connection with physicians or physical therapists or physician assistants with the patients and any of the other stakeholders that may influence that patient's decision, the family, the friends, the colleagues who may be discussing care with the patient. We should hold ourselves to a higher standard than those around us, but we should not expect perfection because perfection is unattainable. And if we're holding ourselves to perfection, we're always going to fail. And so when you re-engage and you take action on your improvement plan or your steps, there's going to be risk. It may not be physical risk. It's probably risk to your ego. And there's a good chance that your ego will be hurt because you will fail the first time or the second time or the third time. But if you can approach it with humility and the same grace and poise that we handle difficult situations with when in the moment, right, an emergency situation, if we're able to handle it with the same grace and poise, even though we may be like amped up on adrenaline and our heart could be beating 200 times per minute, even if we're not poised and we're not handling it with grace on the inside, we are able to move through that and execute with grace and poise. And that's the magic with re-engagement. And that's not the trick, but it's the magic of re-engagement. You may not feel ready. You may never feel ready, but we can re-engage with grace and poise in our self-care by trying, by taking risks, and with some humility that we may not be perfect. I mean, we have to get back on the horse and take action 
with what we've learned. Advantage is the premier provider of non-traditional work, advocacy, and resources while pushing the boundaries of athletic training. Follow them on social media at The Advantage and join their email list for an even deeper dive into all things non-traditional and access to even more boundary-pushing content. We've partnered with OnlineTherapy.com, that's Online-Therapy.com, a complete counseling toolbox where you get the support and tools you need to be happier, and it's all based on cognitive behavioral therapy. Head over to Opportune.at slash Online Therapy, that's Opportune.at slash Online Therapy to get started for free and enjoy 20% off of your first month of therapy. CBD has become increasingly popular for the treatment of pain, anxiety, focus, sleep, and more. We've partnered with Sweat CBD, who delivers 100% natural, full-spectrum CBD oil, gummies, and lotions. Head to sweatcbd.com and use code ADVANTAGE, A-T-V, a-N-T-A-G-E for 10% off at checkout. So this completes the loop of the four R's. Reflect, reframe, regroup, and re-engage. And we can repeat this cycle infinite times because we're always experiencing adversity in our life. And we're never going to get to a point where we don't face adversity. We may have parts and moments in our life where it feels like everything is smooth sailing, but eventually friction will reintroduce itself in our lives. It's not about the avoidance of adversity. It's about getting better at adapting and growing from that adversity. So then when we face adversity, we get excited. Adversity no longer becomes something that emotionally exhausts us. Rather, adversity becomes something that inspires us. And we crave adversity because when we're in, when we're facing adversity, we know we are creating opportunities for growth. We know we are in a moment where we are being pushed to our limits of our current perception of what's possible. And on the other side of that, is another version of ourself that we previously couldn't comprehend because we've leveled up on our consciousness. So now things that used to be adverse situations or things that used to be emotionally exhausting are no longer emotionally exhausting. Or if they are, they require less effort. So they're not as emotionally exhausting. And difficult situations are not as difficult. And I relate this to practice. I mean, the practice of athletic training. If you're an athletic trainer who works with a sport that has a lot of lower extremity injuries, let's say if if you work in a setting where the patients that you work with tend to have higher frequency of lower extremity injuries, the more and more you see and you experience and you learn from handling and evaluating and making clinical decisions on lower extremity injuries, the less stressful it becomes, right? The less difficult it becomes. Certainly there are difficult cases that arise, but you become comfortable with 
that volume, you become comfortable with handling those situations. I think the same thing happens when we learn a framework to approach adversity. The adversity will still be there. If you work with patients who have a bunch of lower extremity injuries, lower extremity injuries are still coming. They may even come at a higher volume than they have in the past. That hasn't changed. What's changed is your ability to quickly identify and correctly make clinical decisions and clinical guidance that expedites the care for the patients and creates better outcomes by improving your process. We do the same thing with adversity. The adversity that we face doesn't get easier. We just get better. As we grow, our tolerance for adversity will increase. As our tolerance for adversity increases, we increase the opportunity for our own growth and development. We increase the gain from handling, from managing, and from growing through that adversity. And sometimes as athletic trainers, we may not engage in this process, right? Or, or maybe we have, maybe what I'm talking about today isn't new. We intuitively know as humans that we need to do something to grow and adapt. I think intuitively humans want to grow and adapt. You know, like when I mentioned the lower extremity perspective and athletic trainers with a bunch of patients with lower extremity injuries, we may not have had a formal framework for growth and adaptation, but we did it anyway. And I think as athletic trainers, we may know that we need to do this. We may know that we need to take care of ourselves and we may know that we need to adapt in order to meet the demands of our job or the demands of the stresses in our personal lives and our professional lives but we don't engage in them because we have maybe a limited belief that we don't have enough time or we have the the limiting belief that we're too busy to take care of ourselves or you know we may take on the role of hero victim and villain to comfort ourselves i spoke about being a victim villain or hero in another one of the episodes this season but it's a comforting role to take on one of these roles when we're handling adversity or when we're trying to recover from adversity. So I guess the call to action is to thoughtfully engage in your own growth and development through adaptation and to use the adversity that we face in life as those repeated opportunities to grow. So to take action on this, I want to invite you to engage in an activity that I'm calling turn your breakdown into a breakthrough. If you could get out a sheet of paper, a pencil, write on your computer, whatever you have, something to put your thoughts down. And I want you to reflect on the biggest adversity, either adverse moment or period of adversity in your career that you faced in your professional life. Write down the situation as best as you can remember. As you're doing this, I don't know what your situation was, what your adverse moment or your adverse period in your life was, but as you're doing this, it may bring up some emotions and you may express those emotions. That's okay. It may manifest itself in tears coming up in your eyes. It may manifest itself in uh, you feeling like you're getting angry, like you have this warm sensation in your chest or this tingling in your arms. All of that's okay. Just work and reflect on this adversity at some point that you've had in your career. Maybe it was when you were a student, maybe it's when you were an early career professional, maybe it's now, maybe it was yesterday. 
who knows? Once you have this adverse moment or this adverse period of your life in your mind and you've felt it and you're feeling it, it's written down on paper, reflect how you've grown from this adversity. Look back and see how far you've come since you've experienced this adverse event. And ask yourself the question, what's better in your life because of this adversity? Because you went through this difficult moment or this difficult challenge, what's better? What's become of the adversity beyond the management of the adverse event? How are you a better professional because of the adversity? When you're responding and you're reflecting on these questions, remember that life is happening for you, not to you. And if you're having some difficulty discovering how you have grown from this adversity, or maybe the adversity that you're experiencing just happened recently, and you may feel like you're still in the middle of it, you're just persevering, you're just enduring the adversity and hoping that it ends one day, right? You're not adapting, you're not in that space to adapt right now, you're simply trying to make it through. I want to encourage you to go back earlier in this episode where I talked through the four R's to recap, reflect, reframe, regroup, and re-engage. And I want to encourage you to work through those steps and work through that framework. Then after you've done that, and maybe you've given yourself some space or you've moved from this place of lack and this place of scarcity and this place of endurance and you've moved into this spot of learning and curiosity and wonder and growth, come back to these questions. Come back to these questions in this activity after you've done that. And then ask yourself again, how have you grown from the adversity that you just described? Doing this activity helps reframe and put into perspective how our breakdowns or our worst moments in life, in our professional life, in our relationships and who we are as humans, how some of those worst moments can serve as the trampoline or the springboard for us to have a breakthrough and experience tremendous personal growth. And it all ties back to that breakdown. And I'd like to leave you with a quote from Dieter Uchtdorf. He said, it's your reaction to adversity, not the adversity itself, that determines how your life's story will develop. More resilient humans make better professionals. By fostering resilience, we are able to foster growth and development through adversity. Since we all face adversity as athletic trainers, we have the opportunity for tremendous growth and development if we choose. Athletic trainers, what if you could be doing more for your career, for your patients, for yourself? The Indiana State Doctorate in Athletic Training Program can help you get there. You will learn the skills to practice at the top of your scope and show your value in healthcare. Interested? Go to www.indstate.edu forward slash D-A-T. That's I-N-D- S-T-A-T-E dot E-D-U forward slash D-A-T for more information or to apply today. Thank you so much for listening to today's episode of Reframe the Game. If you found value or were inspired by this episode, please share it with a colleague or a friend. 
so we can collectively have conversations in order to grow and develop both as humans and professionals.